The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, the founding editor of RedLegNation.com. Not much going on in Reds land this week. The Reds just signed David Weathers, relief pitcher, to a one-year deal with a team option for a second year. David Weathers is not my favorite player. That's all I'll say. He gives me a heart attack just about every time he comes in the game, and that's all I'm going to say about this signing today. You can log on to RedLegNation.com to... Look for all the analysis of the signing and everything else that's going on in Red's land. I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the interview again this week. You'll recall in our last podcast, our own Bill Lack had an interview with one of our spotlight players, Matt Clinker, pitcher, right-handed pitcher in the Red's minor league organization. We're hoping he's at AA this year, Carolina. Part one of the interview was last podcast, and it was very, very interesting if you got to hear it. If you didn't, click on the RN Radio tab at the top of redlegnation.com. Go down and you can check out the podcast, download it yourself, or there's in the right sidebar, there's a little podcast player. You can click on that one as well and catch up on any of the podcasts that you've missed. This week we're going to bring you the second half of that interview. Just as interesting, maybe more so. Uh, Again, I think if if you listen to this, you'll be very impressed with the type of guy uh, that Matt Clinker is. So enjoy. Take it away, Bill. Have you seen any coaching differences between the levels? Uh, I think it's not just the levels. I think it's just each coach you uh, interact with is going to have their own, uh, just like a player, they're going to have their own skill set. They're going to be good at uh, what they're good at. Um, you know, Doug Bear this year really, uh, you know, what what I really liked about him is he was focused. He would work on one thing, and we'd get that right, and then we'd work on the next thing. And all season long for me it was, a good inside hard fastball. You know, I have that fastball that I throw inside that sinks, but sometimes you need to just run it in there and not scare. Yeah, scare him. You know, show him you got it. Off the plate. Show him you got it. Um, you know, that's what he was good at. And something I know I said you you can't try to mimic what somebody else is good at, but you know, if something was successful for some person, for some player. You know, you can definitely try to replicate that as well. well. It worked for him on a major league level, so yeah. you know it's a good skill set. Exactly. Now, a couple times I was talking to you in the bullpen, you know, down around the bullpen last year, and he came back. Is he as intense a guy as he comes across when you're – I mean, it's a fan standing there talking to you. He seems like a pretty intense guy. I think uh, he can go both ways. Um, it's kind of the rapport you have with him. He definitely demands your respect. Once he knows that you respect him – 
I mean, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll do anything for you. Is there a Reds team philosophy for pitching? Uh, I mean, there, there is. Uh, first is challenge them with your fastball. Throw your changeup. Your curveball should be your third best pitch, or not your third best pitch, but your third pitch to go to. Uh, you want to get guys out with your fastball and your changeup, and then probably the second. Uh, I, I would call this your approach to getting guys out, or your philosophy is pitch to your strengths number one, pitch to the situation of the game number two, and then finally pitch to the hitter's weakness. A lot of times, especially in the lower levels, you're not going to know what the hitter's weakness are. You, you know, might you might get promoted, you might only be there for a short time. The hitter might be only there for a short time. It might be your first time facing him. You're not going to know what his weakness are. Once you get up to the majors, yeah, you scout guys. You know, you have you have the whole organization scouting guys. You don't get a scouting report. You don't know what their weakness is. But guess what? Your strengths is what got you to that point. Um, you know, that's what you need to get guys out with. However, second very important thing, and any one of these can trump the other, but second, situation of the ball game. Sometimes that is the most important thing out of all. I mean, if, you, if you've got a big lead, throw strikes. Throw your fastball. Make them win the game by hitting the ball. Um, so, so it, you know, nobody on, nobody out, tie game, you know, that's the order we go in. Then we got to shuffle it around from there. You know, if you got a Gary Sheffield up or a pool host, yeah, you might have to go straight to number three. It just depends. Do you guys have hitters meetings in, in, in the levels that you are now? Do you go over the hitters on the other team before the games? Um, not one by one. I'll, I'll definitely look at the stats before the game, probably the night before. I like to just look at how many Ks a guy has. That tells me if he's on the chase. How many walks the guys has? That tells me if he's got good plate discipline. Um, stolen bases. Um, and then my probably my favorite stat to look at is last 10 games. Their average and their slugging percentage. If a guy's hot, you know, I'm going to remember that. I'm not going to let a hot guy beat me. I'm going to get that slumping guy, you know, that number 7-8 guy in the order. Go right after him. I think this was before the Reds drafted you. We heard a lot of talk as fans about pitch to contact. Have you heard that mentioned at all since you've been with the Reds organization? Yeah, and, uh, you know, for me, that works. That's my game. Throw my sinker, pitch to contact. Lower pitch count, be efficient. Ah, This isn't me going away from the organization's mentality. I'm not sold that that works for every pitcher. But for me, that works, so I'm not going to question it. Um, I definitely heard that a lot in spring training. Spring training last year, I might have been trying to make too big of an impression on people, trying to strike a lot of guys out. You know, I was nitpicking the zone, and, you know, I had probably three people in three days come up to me and say, hey, hey, Clint, you got to pitch to contact. And, uh, you know, I had some of the older players say, you're going to hear that a lot. <laughs> I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you watch your stats during the season? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a stat rat. Not because, you know, it builds my confidence or hurts my confidence. I want to know what I'm doing. I want to. I definitely remember at-bats. I remember games. But that doesn't tell you the overall, you know, what my tendencies are because you don't want tendencies as a pitcher. Um, you don't want, you know, 
things that guys can pick up on. Um, so, you, you know, I definitely, probably the biggest one I look at is my walks per nine innings. I want it, you know, in college, my college pitching coach said I want it below three. I would like mine below two. I think last year I finished maybe at 2.1. I'm not positive. It might have been a lower than two. I think 2.1. Um, but, uh, you know, in one inning, it's going to take three hits. Basically, three singles to score a run. If you hold the guy on, if you hold the runners, if you don't walk anybody, if you don't hit anybody. I'm pretty confident in myself that I'm not going to give up three hits in one inning. So, you eliminate walks and hits batters, you're... Your, your ERAs definitely don't improve. Do you spend a lot of time working on, on holding guys on? Um, you know, this year I definitely did, um, which was weird because in spring training what they tried to preach us was as you go up in the levels, less guys bunt, less guys steal. So I'm thinking, well, why are we working on it? But, uh, you know, basically at that level you're going to have your guys who definitely bunt and definitely steal, and then also your guys who definitely don't bunt, and your guys that definitely don't steal. Um, but it's something that you definitely need to, you know, always improve, always work on. Um, you know, there's a reason why guys' ERA is higher out of the stretch than out of the windup. Um, a, because you have runners on base, but B, you don't get enough on the ball. You don't get as much on the ball when you're focusing on the runner. So it's something you always got to work on, and. Um, when I went to Sarasota, uh, Tom Brown, the pitching coach there, kind of has the philosophy of, you know, he doesn't want to see a, a stretch and then a slide step. He thinks that you're, you're from the stretch position, you should have the, the optimal um, want delivery every time, where it's both fast and quick enough, but priority, you're making a quality pitch. And there shouldn't be a difference between if there's a fast guy on, or a slow guy on should all be the same. Should be quick enough to hold the guy. It should be solid enough to make a quality pitch in the zone. Now, if there's a fast guy on, you're just going to throw over more, give him different looks, make different timings. But uh, once you pick your leg, it's going to be the same thing every time, which makes a lot of sense because you don't want to change your mechanics between different pitches. You want to be consistent and repetitive. Yeah, you'd be, you could be tipping something. You could be. You could physically hurt yourself. Exactly. There's a school of thought that with the drug testing now in baseball, that the power game is going to become less of a, of a factor in baseball, and you're going to re, baseball is going to return to more of a 70s game with speed and bunting. I hope do you not. Buy, do you buy that? I can see where the philosophy comes from. I would say that's like a long-term thinking. I would say that doesn't, I mean, honestly, I think the guys from the Little League level Five years ago, to the big leagues have been preached. You know the power game. Pitchers are throwing harder, so whether the guys swing harder or not, the ball's going to travel faster off the bat. Um, I still think it's going to be a power game for a while. I mean, you got B.J. Upton, guys crushing home runs. Center fielder, not that big, and the guy crushes home runs. I mean, you didn't see center fielders that were skinny. Jack and balls. Uh, it's just the way I think. I don't. I don't. I don't see the power game going away from the game for a while. Okay. What do you consider your your biggest strength as a pitcher? Biggest strength. Wow. Um. I would say. At the level I'm at now, compared to other guys at my level, it would be my control. Throw a lot of strikes. 
Um, I would say probably overall, uh, you know, I've stayed injury-free. Um, <laughs> tell you what, I've seen a lot of talented guys getting out of the game because injuries. Um, and, you know, I had one of my buddies who, great college baseball player, um, played at Princeton University, uh, Aaron Prince, shortstop. Um, saw him over the offseason. He, he was like, hey, it's a battle of attrition, man. you got to stay healthy. Got to throw strikes. Well, we had a red with one of our spotlight guys t- from Princeton, Thomas Pauly. Yeah, they said he had you know all the talent in the world and just injuries and yeah. you know, and it, wait, you know it side rail you know sidelined his career. It's a battle of attrition. So you staying healthy is definitely one of my best attributes, and then uh, throwing strikes. And I think maybe that's why I've stayed healthy. It's because my pitch count's always normally low. And you know even in college, my coach kept me under 100 pitches, and uh, you know th- thankfully. And, uh, you know, throw strikes, stay healthy, take you as far as you can go. What about a mental approach to the game? Do you think that's a strength for you? Because, I mean, I don't know a lot of guys that are playing minor league ball. But it, I would, it seems to me like you probably put more thought into it than a lot of guys do. Sure. Uh, I mean, definitely. Um, how many guys did I... Man, I don't... I, this is gonna make me sound self-righteous. I know what you. Yeah. But you know how there's many? No, there's no good way to answer this. Yeah. Question. How many guys did I see looking at the chart this year before they pitch? Not many. Yeah. Not many. This is their job. Really, this is their job. Do your homework. Um, you know that's what was preached at us at uh, at spring training. Is this is your job? Do your homework. Look at the charts. If you're in the bullpen, take a take a lineup down there and a and a and a stat sheet. You know, see who you're going to be pitching in. See who they're going to bring you in against. If you're a lefty, you're probably going to face a lefty that's on deck. Check out his splits. See what he's hitting. Um, you know, do your homework. I don't see a lot of guys doing that at my level. And I've heard at the upper levels they do. We'll see. What, what, what's your biggest weakness? What do you need to improve on the most to, to continue to advance? Wow. Uh, definitely, you know, this is coming from the organization too, but I definitely share... The opinion that uh, I need a a harder out pitch. Um, you know, they invited me to instructs this year to work specifically to work on my slider. You know, I have I think my curveball last year was clocked at about 68, 69 miles an hour, which is a good show me pitch. You know, one o, two o. If I can just flip that thing in there for a strike, they're not. I mean, guys are just going to take it. Um, but as I get deeper in the count and they start looking for an off speed pitch, they can definitely sit back on that and rip it. So that's when you know I'm gonna start using my slider as an out pitch, um, and I don't know. That's a great question, though. Well, I had to have one good one under somewhere. <laughs> slider, but I, I, there's got to be more than you know just one pitch that I need to improve on. I don't know. How are you a different player than you were when we talked a year ago? Wow. You know, I've had a full season under my belt. I mean, playing every day. You know, I, I took the kids down to Florida, 10-year-old kids, and, uh, you know, there's no better experience than getting out there and playing. Cage work, you know, bullpens, sure, you can improve, but just playing the game every day, the experiences, the things you see, you know, there's countless number of things I've never seen in baseball before that happened last year. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, it just opens your eyes and... New experiences, you see what guys do to be successful, you pick up on that. Um, you know, so what have you know, what have I gotten better at? I've had a whole season of baseball. 
there's a reason why teams hire guys who are 42 years old and still playing just to platoon, and it's not for their service. It's for you know what they can pass on to the young kids. Institutional memory. Yeah, no doubt. What do you know? Tell us, tell us the biggest thing you know about professional baseball now that you didn't know a year ago. The job, and not not to sound depressing, because um, it's the best job in the world. But you know, it is a job. It's work. You need to approach it like work. You need to you need to act like if you get fired, yeah, that's bad news. You know. Um, you know, definitely a light of fire under your behind to get your gears turning, um, to work hard, to focus, and just your entire approach to the game. And don't take the fun away, because any work can be fun, but um, you know, your mental approach has to be that this is my job, this is what I get paid to do, I need to be a good employee on the field, off the field, so that the Reds get their money worth. How much is winning stress to you guys? I mean, honestly, the Reds organization, you would think it would be more. Um, but it's not. The number one thing is definitely development um, throughout the whole organization. And I think that's every organization. Is honestly, the minor leagues are development. And it should be. Um, it's hard in Dayton, where you're playing in front of 7,500 people at least every night, and you lose, and people aren't happy, and you say, oh, well, guess what, guys? We got better tonight. We developed. And Donnie Scott wasn't that kind of manager. You know, he liked to win, and guess what? Winning breeds winning, and I loved his approach about winning. Um, and... and should that carry over to the rest of the organization? I wouldn't mind if it did. Uh, I don't think the the Reds community uh, and the fans, they, I don't think they would mind either. Um, and it definitely got to be about development, but there definitely needs to be winning stress as well. And, and, and it is. Um, and, and winning's definitely stressed, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think it, it could be maybe a, a little great, greater stressed. Is is player is, is is does the general Reds minor league well, the, not even Reds does the general minor league baseball player care more about developing himself or winning for the team? Developing, without a doubt. Okay. There's not. I mean, ninety nine percent to one percent. Isn't isn't there a potential conflict? And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. I think isn't there a potential conflict when you're on the same team with a guy? You got you got to play with him. You got to play, you know, as a, as a team. But yet you're in competition for advancement, and yet still trying to win. And you're, you know, and everybody's trying to develop their skills. Is is that tough at times? No doubt. I mean, no doubt. Capitalism at its best, right? Market economy. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's tough, and that's why you definitely, you know, in college, your whole team's your friend. Professional baseball, not so much. Um, and it's not that your enemies just, you know, you don't see eye to eye with everybody like you did in college, you know. Um, guys move and, you know, it, it's hard. You, you see a guy who you think you're doing, you, pitching better than or hitting better than, fielding better again, and they get moved up. You know, there's nothing much you can do about it. So 
while you're together with somebody, you just try to bear it, grin and bear it, and play the best as you can. Like I said, when you start worrying about what other people are doing, what the front office is doing, who's getting promoted, distracting yourself, and really taking the fun out of the game. Is it easier for a pitcher to be friends with a position player than it is with another pitcher? No doubt. Yeah? No doubt. Or, you know, starter with a reliever. Hey, don't let my run score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that happened. My wife was going to, who was that? I, I can't remember who that was that gave up that home run that one night we were there. Last I think year. it might have been Jeffords. My wife was going down to go after him. She was going to have a talk with that young man. Anyway, last year when we talked, we talked a little bit about steroids and supplements and that kind of thing. And now one of your teammates, and I'm sure he's one of your friends, yeah. has been suspended for 50 games. Are you kind of conflicted in your feelings about this? I mean, you feel bad for the guy because you, you care about him. He's your friend. But it is, it's one less pitcher that you've got to climb over to get to just maybe start the year in double-A. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't see a conflict in the sense of, like, me feeling bad for him versus me feeling happy for myself. I really see the conflict as in me feeling bad for him because, yeah, he is my friend. He's a good kid. Like, um... You know, the conflict is really sits where, you know, maybe he was wrongfully accused, you know. Those football guys, you know, they were just taking a drug they thought was fine, and, you know, it blew up in their in their urine. Um, I mean, that's where the conflict is. It's like, you know, he's my friend, so I trust him. But, you know, he, he you know maybe he is, maybe he's not using. You know, you never know. Um, but the bottom line is, the, you know, he is a pitcher. But you know, I'm not going to wish anything negative towards him. Um, you know, does it help me? Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's only 50 games. He'll be back. You know, maybe when he comes back, I'm slumping, and it actually hurts me because now we got an extra body. I might be the first guy to go. So, you know, definitely don't wish anything bad like that to happen to anybody. End of the day, he's my friend. I got his back no matter what. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Let's talk about 2009. 2009. You told me last year you do set goals. Definitely. Do you set promotional goals? Do you set numerical goals? Do you set both? Uh, definitely both. You know, last year it was break camp on time, um, get promoted, and have a solid season. Broke camp with Dayton, got promoted, had a pretty solid season. So I'd say check marks on all of those. Um, you know, at camp I did get Pushed down to Dayton right at the end of the, at the camp. So, you know, maybe, and, you know, there's definitely no, I don't think there was a, any thought in any guy's mind in the front office that I would start at Sarasota. No chance. But in my own mind, you know, that plays with you, you know. Being with them the whole time in spring, and then right at the end, you get pushed down. Um, so, you know, even at camp, I was like, man, maybe I'll break with Sarasota. But I broke camp on time. That was my goal. Checked it off the list. This year, you know, I would love to say, I would love to say I'm going to break camp with double A. You know, I, I, but like you said, I had six starts in Sarasota. All likelihood is, even if I go down to spring training, light it up. Where the pitching is, probably start off in, in, in Sarasota, which isn't a bad thing. Good weather, you know. Beach. Good, good people, good beach, <laughs> yeah. Um, Daiquiri Deck. Daiquiri Deck. <laughs> Beach Club. Um, nah, so, you know, again, my goal is to break camp on time. You know, 
don't want to get injured, want to stay healthy, want to compete the whole spring training. You never know. You know, when I was in Instructs, they said, "Hey, we're gonna put your name on the just in case list for the MLB camps." You know, we'll see. I, you know, I doubt if it happens, but if it does, I'll be a happy boy. Um, so break camp on time, get promoted during the season again, have a solid season. Um, those are the goals. Uh, numerical goals: hundred strikeouts. Uh, I want to hit 150 innings this year, and then uh, less than two walks per nine innings. How many innings did you have last year? Do you remember? 139 and a third, 140, something right there. Do you think you're on the Reds' radar right now? Apparently you are if, they, if you're on the maybe list for the... I don't know. I think that was just because I did well, you know, uh, at the end of the season and then strucks and, you know, I left before everybody else. So maybe that was just blowing some smoke. I don't know. Blowing me hot air. But, you know, regardless, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to pitch well in spring training and... I don't really think you're on the radar unless you're a top 10 round draft pick or you're in double A. So I'm not a top 10 round draft pick. So when I get in double A, then I can say, okay, I might be on the Reds' radar. What do, What do you wish the Reds knew about you that they probably don't know? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I think I think they're pretty well versed in you know who I am, and uh, you know they they know I'm I'm, I'm from Cincinnati and. Uh, I think I, I think they cover their bases pretty well. You don't I mean, think there's anything in your skills they're not aware of? You don't think there's anything in your... No, because, I mean, surprisingly, uh, you know, we had some guys get hurt, and, and uh, you know, Harris Honeycutt retired last year in spring training, but, uh, you know, they, I, they, they moved me to starting pitcher without me saying anything, without my agent saying anything. I think they just said, you know, I think Matt will be a better starting pit. You know, I think they knew it, and I think, I think that's the case. Um, when you were at Billings, did you start some and relieve some, or did you relieve all the time? I can't I, remember. I, I did some platooning in the starting rotation. Is that when they were still doing the piggyback games. things? Yeah. And then I started maybe two games. And I think I went four innings once, five innings once, gave up a run each. So that's a two ERA for those at home. Um <laughs> So, hey, I think uh, my ERA didn't lie. As a starter, a lot more, uh, you know, effective. But, you know, if they ever ask me to go back to the relief role, that's fine. I'm their employee. Are you more or less confident that you'll make it to the big leagues than you were a year ago? Wow. Great question. Um, Even after a great season and getting promoted... You would think the dead answer would just be yes. Obviously, I'm more confident. Um, I would say it's ev- you know, probably even. Last year, I think I was so naive and just thinking, oh, yeah, big leagues, no doubt. And I still think that. But, uh, you know, I've, my eyes have definitely been opened by the game about, you know, how stacked, you know, our organization is in talent at the low level and right at the cusp um, of breaking into the majors. And how talented just the the wealth of talent uh, in the game right now the, the game's definitely not hurting for talent that's for sure okay well that's but, all I got is there anything you want to talk about uh you know not really I had the little uh, the Reds top 10 prospects by Baseball America here yeah they came out a couple days ago you know Clinker um, wasn't on there Clinker wasn't on there no, so it must be a bad list man, no surprise there <laughs> no, 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 not a bad list did anything uh, on the list surprise you you know, Alonso, first off, uh, as our number one, that was a little surprising. I mean, you got three guys right below him, Frazier, Stubbs, and Valleca, who 
you know, they've done something. They've had multiple good years they in the minor leagues. Multiple legs. good years. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this came out before or after. I think it was before the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian League. Winter League, where Alonzo tore it up. Now, if this, you know, is printed bef- after, I, I might give it some credibility. Um, I still think he has, you know, give me a full season yeah. and, and then. Well, that, I, and I've said that on, on our on our blog, you know, that everybody rates him really highly, and, and he's got what twenty. Minor league at bats at this point. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and, and he may be the hitter. I mean, the Reds, you would hope, knew what they were doing when they yeah. picked this guy in the first round. No, he's a good kid. He hustles. Uh, you know, I did read the blog the other day. A lot of guys uh, saying he's got to improve his range. I, I would concur. Uh, I would say he's got. He's got. I'm. I'm not a scout, but I would, from my opinion, he's got major league plate uh, plate discipline right now today. Um, and he works with A-Rod. Works out with A-Rod in the offseason. That's not bad company. That, uh, that's talent that you can't even compete with. Yeah. So, um, And then just some other notables on the list. Soto, number seven. Uh, I saw somebody post that, uh, you know, long range, that's huge potential. That guy, he's going to be, watch out. He's going to be a stud. Yeah, Tyler talked, we talked a little about him the other day when I talked to Tyler, and he, he said everything he hits is a line drive. Line he drive. said everything he hits is a double. He barrels <laughs> it up. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that's exactly, I think that's exactly what yeah. he said. Everything he hits is square, and it's, it's bare, on, a, yeah. on a big part of the bat. And he's got a laser, um, you know. Well, you I, think he's going to stay a third baseman? I, 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 no, why not? I think he could be a great third baseman. I don't, I don't know why they don't move him to short. I think he's good, that athletic. He he's can play short. Either. Six three, six four. Yeah, but he's he's kind of broad, isn't he? Nah, he's Never. muscular, but he's not. I see. He, he appears he appears like a fairly not not heavy or anything, yeah. but a, but a, a you know a pretty broad guy. And for shortstop, you always think of more sure. lean. Yeah, it's a power game. You should have been a shortstop. No <laughs> Quarterback maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then let's see, last car on here. That's another one. Like, uh, nah, no, I'm gonna hate on him because he's the only pitcher on the list, but. You know, again, what, 20 innings last year? Yeah. Is that all he threw? Something, 24 maybe? Wow. I I just, you know, I know he's a supplemental pick, or second, supplemental pick. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. And he, he didn't throw a whole lot of innings the year before, did he? No, yeah. So, he, came, he's, he either signed late or came in late or something. You know, what, what I definitely see in here is if you don't have credibility, you got money. So I guess that's how it should be, but I would rather see credibility or, you know, a couple years of stats um, taking a little bit more precedent over uh, over just the, the draft and the round. Who do you think of the guys that you know and that you've played with and, and you know, did spring training with and, and guys like that, what guys in the Reds organization don't do you think don't get the respect that, that, that they deserve? You know, who, who's, gonna, who's a better player than, than, than their reputation? Well, well I'll, I'll start with... Don't get the respect they deserve. A lot of guys in the organization, too, have been ripping Mez, Mezzarocco. And I'll tell you what, that kid has made so much improvement in one whole season. And the kid's 19 years old, maybe just turned 20. Another full season, he's going to make even more. The guy, he's going to be good. Um, he made, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the pitchers weren't happy that he got called up to Dayton last year. And I'll, I'll say I wasn't one. Of, I was one of them. Uh, I was like, man, really? 18, 19-year-old catcher calling the games? 
saw him in spring training, not the best hands, but I'll tell you what, for the organization, that was the best move ever. You know, he got a full year with a lot of the pitchers. He learned so much. Donnie Scott, God, they worked every almost every day together. That was you know, a catcher working with a catcher. Couldn't ask for more. He learned so much. He's only going to get better. Um, but who doesn't get the respect? Or who's the dark horse, the sleeper? Wow, that's a great question. Um, While you're thinking about that, let me ask you another question. When I first met Bo Lanier a couple of years, you know, down in, in, in when he was pitching in the Gulf Coast League, him and Russell Haldewanger, at that point, they didn't have an English-speaking catcher on their squad. Have you ever had to deal with that? No. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, we had, uh, in, in Dayton, we had Sosa for a while, but he was bilingual um, from Mexico, so haven't had to deal with the language barrier oh, yet, okay. uh, which is good. But also, uh, a guy, he is starting to get some, some credit, some props, is uh, Jeremy Horst, lefty this year at Dayton. The guy had an incredible second half. Lights out. And, uh, you know, you watch him pitch, and he'll throw he'll throw 89 to 90 from the left-hand side. Really good changeup. Just dives away from the right-handed hitter. And uh, I, don't, I don't even think he knows how to pitch yet. Or he does, but not to the level where I think he, he will be. He's going to be somebody to watch, too. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a sweet baby girl at the beginning of the year. I think that's my... Maybe why he struggled a little bit, why his mind was, mind might have been off of the game. Granted, I mean, who can blame him? Mm-hmm. Second half, had the baby, it was healthy, and he was on fire. Okay, well, Matt, it's it's a pleasure having you involved with Red Leg Nation. We really appreciate all the time you give us and and posting, and letting us know what's going on with you, and we'll be checking in with you as the season goes along. Here's to hoping you have a great spring training, and who knows, maybe you'll start out as a mud cat. Maybe. We'll see. All right, man. We'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Okay, thanks again to Matt Clinker for that interview, and thanks to Bill Lack of RedLegNation.com for organizing that interview and, and conducting it. I hope you enjoyed it. I, frankly, I think it's one of the best interviews we've done here on Red Leg Nation. That's all for this week's podcast. Tune in next week. We're going to have an interview with another uh, of our spotlight players, Logan Parker. And in the future, we're setting up uh, lots more exciting interviews, and we're going to have another roundtable here soon, and a couple of other friends from the Reds blogosphere are going to join us here on the podcast. So stick with us. As always, if you have any questions, contact me at chad at redlegnation.com. Uh, email me any comments, suggestions, concerns, questions, anything you've got. Send it our way. Check the RN Radio tab at redlegnation.com for information on subscribing to this podcast uh, via RSS or via iTunes. Thanks again. See you next week. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.